Good morning, Boker Tov. Uh, welcome back to 10 Minutes of Meaning. Please help yourself to uh, coffee. It's generally sponsored by Nishmas Alter Shlomo Ben Pinchas. We're very grateful to our anonymous sponsor. Today's a big day because we are going to finish the 20th chapter of Mesil Sisharam that we have been learning for a long time. It's the Mishkal HaChasidus that Ramchal Ramashchem Lutzato has been reminding us that to be a true Chassid, to be a real Chassid, is not about what makes us feel good, that we're pious or righteous. It's not a matter of trying to look good or seem holier or higher than anyone else, but rather it's the mishkal, it's evaluating, it's constantly balancing, it's constantly asking ourselves, what does the Ribbon Shalom want and are we giving him nachas ruach? So the Ramchal writes, So it comes out from everything we've said, and it's been a long parak, and we spent a long time. What emerges is that a person who wants to be what he calls a chasid amiti, it's very interesting, Rav Dan Segel in his commentary on Mesil Sasharim points out this word amiti. What do you mean? Isn't it redundant? If you're a chassid, if you're righteous and pious, what does it mean to be a chassid amiti? What does it mean to be genuinely or authentically a righteous chassid? So he says one can be an imaginary chassid and one can be a real chassid. Sometimes we think we're righteous in our own mind. Sometimes we have imagination. Sometimes we've drawn up an image of what a righteous person looks like but it doesn't match the will or the vision of the Ribbon Shalom, what Hashem wants us to do. Our aspiration, our goal, our drive is not to be a chassid, is not to be righteous in a way that makes us feel more religious, that makes us feel better about ourselves or better than anyone else, but our goal is to be a chassid amiti, genuine and real. To constantly have a conscientiousness, a consciousness, an awareness, a mindfulness of what we're doing, not only in that moment, but what is the consequence, what is its impact, intended and unintended. The circumstances that will depend on the time. Where we are, when we are, with whom we are. It's not always going to be the exact same answer. It depends where you live. It depends what you're doing. It depends who you are. It depends the people around us are. When you add that all up, it will determine what we're meant to do in that moment, but there is no catch-all. There is no generic, what's the righteous thing to do? What's righteous for one is entirely unrighteous for the other. What's pious for one person in that moment, that circumstance, that time with those people, for someone else, is entirely the wrong decision. So it takes a tremendous amount of self-awareness, self-reflection, consulting with others, in order to know, in order to know what to do. He uh, points out of Dan Segel in a, in a footnote, he says, like the Gemara in Sota says, Hechi dami chassid shota. For example, what's a chassid shota? You could have somebody who thinks they're a chassid, they think they're righteous, but they're really a huge shota. Because imagine a woman is drowning in the river. She's flailing her arms, she's screaming and calling for help, and you're standing on the bank of the river, and you see and hear her screams, and what do you say? You say, it's El, it's almost Rosh Hashanah, she's kind of pretty. I don't know, if I jump in and save her, going to have to grab her or hold her, and that's not going to be good for my neshama. So you're standing there trying to chaz and in your head. You're standing there, you're going to think you're going to call a post ask a shayla, am I allowed to go save her life? I'm going to have to touch her, I'm going to have to look at her. What will people see? What will people think? How will this impact my kid's shaduchim? It's going to be on my mind later today. The Gemara says, you're a chasid shayta. What's the matter with you? Somebody's dying. Someone's drowning. A life lays in the balance and you think it's a chasidus, you think it's righteous to stand and evaluate, the Gemara gives us, Tosus there gives a second, have you Yishami? Tosus brings a Yishami that gives a second example of a chasid shota. Ra tinok 
Mevaveya benahar. Omalech she'echlot tefillin atzilanu. So you're davening next to the river. You wear tefillin all day long. The time of the Gemara they did, in some places still today. So you say, you see a young child drowning in the chas uh, in one of the lakes. And you say, you know what? Let me take my tefillin off, my talus. Let me get undressed, take my tzitzis off. I still have to do the daf. There's a child drowning in the pool, drowning in the lake. Chas v'shalom, chas v'shalom. And you're going to say, but my tefillin, but my tcheles, you know what they cost tcheles? But, but I have to do the daf first. Yechaset shaita. These are extreme examples, but they are examples of somebody who's misguided and miscalculated, who even with the most noble intention and thinks what they're doing in the moment is right or righteous, but they're a shaita. They're a fool. V'mifrisha, back to the Messiah Zasharim. So sometimes if it'll give greater nachas ruach to not do, then that's what you should do. Something can look exceptionally righteous or religious in the moment, but down the road its impact will be terribly negative and destructive. So HaKadosh Baruch doesn't care what you look like in that moment. What he cares about is the bigger picture, the bigger scheme. He cares about what's going to happen down the road. She pre hamasim be'emes. Sometimes something can feel truly righteous in the moment. You're going to give musr, somebody did something wrong. So you're going to yell at them, embarrass them, shame them in front of a crowd. You're going to feel good, I spoke up, I spoke back, I pushed back. That person you pushed off the derech. That person will never recover. Will never recover religiously from that experience of how they were spoken to how they were shamed, how they were embarrassed. So maybe in that moment you feel all holy and righteous, holier than thou. You stood up, you made a machah. You have to look be'emes. Kodesh Baruch says, what's the pre, what's the fruit? What do your actions yield later, not only right now? And it's up to each person who has a lev maven. You have to have a discerning and a knowing heart, like last week's parsha, a lev ladas. Rosh says, only today, now you got to leave ladas. Usually knowledge is in the head, feelings are in the heart. But Moshe says, you get knowledge of the heart. And here the Moshe's echoes, leave maven, a heart that is discerning. He says, I can't give every example. We can't anticipate every scenario. But you just need to know, don't live for what feels right or righteous in the moment. Live looking to the future. What will be the consequences? What is going to emerge or come out? What does Hashem want? Vashem yitain chachman bipiv dasus vuno. And a Kodesh Baruch who will give chachman piv. He also quotes here, the Balei Musa say, Hashem yitain chachman, that a person who acts in a yashar way, a person who is committed to be a yashar type of person, Kodesh Baruch who gives him a separate, a special siyata d'shmaya. Bechezka Levenstein would say, Adam yashar motza es haderach. If you're a yashar person, you'll figure out the right path. You merit divine guidance and divine wisdom. But it means that in every moment we say to ourselves, what will give Hashem nachas ruach? What does Hashem want me to do right now? What does Hashem want me to do right now? Not what feels or looks righteous or religious necessarily. He also may not want me to cop out and not do what's right or righteous. But a person has to in every moment ask themselves, what will give the greatest nachas ruach to Hashem? What will make Hashem happy and proud? What does Hashem want me to do right now? And a person who lives life through that prism and asking that question will merit the divine inspiration to come to the correct conclusion. And then he ends this parak, parakhaf, by telling us the severe case that happened to Rabbi Tarifah, the Gemara in Brachos, 
of Yudam and Beis, Machlokas Beishamai and Beishilo, what position one should be in when they say Shema. And uh, Rabbi Tarfon was Machmer Lahatos Ke Beishamai. He said it in a leaning, reclining position. And he was attacked by a band of robbers because he compromised his position to follow the opinion of Beishamai. And Chazal didn't say, Nebuch, we should send flowers or candies, let's visit him in the hospital. Nebuch, he did something so righteous. He tried to be strict like Beishamai, and look what happened. You know what they said? He deserved it. <laughs> okay, I'm not saying we emulate that exactly. But he said he deserved it. Why? Because he violated the words of Beishilo. Okay, but he chose to be strict. He chose to take on a Chumrah. Isn't that noble? Isn't that righteous? The answer is, the truth is, that this dispute between Bishamah and Beis Hillel was very heavy. It was a very, very vociferous debate, dispute, with, it was very strong, and we concluded they passed him like Beis Hillel. And the halachic system, the halachic system necessitated following through on its conclusion, which was that we pass him like Beis Hillel. And to ch- take on a stringency that can publicly undermine the process and the system of halacha was an affront not only to Beis Hillel personally, but actually threatened the whole halachic system. So the bigger chumrah was to be meko. The bigger chumrah on preserving the halachic process, the bigger chumrah on Avas Yisrael to Beishamai, the bigger chumrah on a kavod for Tamidah Chachamim was to be lenient, not strict. The bigger chumrah, the bigger stringency was to be lenient, not strict. Rabbi Tarfon chose to be strict, which was a leniency. And this should serve as a guide to see the path where the true and faithful light resides for the sake of doing what is right and righteous in the eyes of Hashem. To always ask ourselves what will give him nachatz ruach. With that, we conclude Perachaf. Perfect timing, the end of the year. Next year, we'll start with Perachaf Aleph. Happens to be next year is next Wednesday. Next year, we'll start with Perachaf Aleph. Living with Amuna 845. Tonight, we're going behind the beam with Judge Dan Butler. We'll prepare to go before the big judge by talking to a human judge and a remarkable person. Until next time. Stay happy, stay healthy, stay holy, have a fantastic day.